A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. JBL and Baron Corbin. What a what a combination they make. Mm. Peanut butter and jam. <laughs> and more peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Actually, yeah, I suppose in a way. Yeah, it's this like is... peanut butter with a, maybe maybe like a smooth peanut butter or a crunchy peanut butter. Maybe you're doing peanut butter mm. with almond butter. Interesting. In, do you like an almond butter? Actually, I do quite One like One time I used butter. cashew butter and I felt like an A-grade <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's what everyone said about you behind your back as well. Yeah. Welcome to the Raw Review Podcast. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, uh, and I'm joined this week by the Professor Dan Layton. I've got a definite article at the beginning now, the Professor. Well, I can't, you're not just any professor. I agree. <laughs> you're a professor of, what are you a professor of? Looking good and feeling gorgeous. The professor of looking good and feeling gorgeous, Dan Layton. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Wrestle Talk Podcast Raw Review. Please press the thumbs up button, press the subscribe button if this is your first time here, because mm. we're on our way to 70k. 70k! When we hit 70k, we're going to be doing a very special live stream, a 10 hour live stream, Ooh. which I'm calling the Royal Rumble Randomizer. Oh. Which is, I'm going to put every Royal Rumble into a spreadsheet Great. or into a program. Yeah. Press go. It's going to pick a Rumble and we're going to watch that Rumble. Can I come? Yeah, if you want to. That sounds yeah. like a great day. Yeah. We're just going to watch Royal Rumbles for 10 hours. I spend most Saturdays doing that anyway. For, so. for as long as it takes. Perfect. So that is our plans. But we need to get to 70k in order to do that. We're currently about 67. So do make us, it happen. Do us a solid. Get us there. Uh, and get in your thoughts, opinions. Feelings. How are you looking gorgeous today? To wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollars. Although with our current currency, you could probably pay in anything and it won't make a blind bit of difference to us. Cocoa Pops. <laughs> just drop some, just chuck us some Cocoa Pops. Sustain um, us for the next few weeks. The cold, dark winter to come. So, uh, this episode of Raw, I, I, it's funny because when I was like scrolling through the old Twitter machine, uh-huh. I saw a lot of uh, uh, wrestling websites and other podcasts talking about huge Raw return. Right. And I was like thinking through this episode, I'd be like, who was the big Raw return? And I was writing my review at yeah. the time, having literally just finished it. And I was on the train. 
I was like, who was the big raw return? And I suppose you can make the argument, and I did last week with, with Brock Lesnar, so who am I to talk? Mm. JBL is back on our screens. Yeah. We did see him on SmackDown a handful of weeks ago, mm -hmm. putting Baron Corbin into the back of a limo. Right. Which has now been paid off here. JBL is an on-screen character in WWE once again, and he is the... I'm not going to say manager because mm. they never sort of addressed that he was the manager, but he has a new protege. Yes, he very much is the sort of uh, the the sort of puppet master uh, creator, yeah. the wrestling god. He sees himself. Yes, Baron he, Corbin. he himself is a wrestling god. Yeah, and he has now found a new wrestling god in the form of BC Baron Corbin. Barry Corbs. Because Reg Mysterio got transferred across to SmackDown. Which I liked this. Yeah, me too. You know, Brand's a bit lol, but they, they, it was a trade. It made sense. Yeah. Absolutely made sense in the world. Oh, and as Tempest was laughing at me when I came into the office today, because mm -hmm. like, <laughs> we got Rey Mysterio, and in return <laughs> you get Baron Corbin. And I said, well, we should also get one of your guys, because you've now got a Moss. Because hey. a Moss has also been transferred. Has he transferred? He's gone across to SmackDown. Did they now. say that on the show? Yeah, he's now. A, I think he's listed internally now as a SmackDown guy. I must have zoned out. Because um, they said he's going to SmackDown mm. this Friday, but also I think initially, internally now he's listed as a SmackDown star. Interesting. And I was like, surely we should get someone for them. And Tempest's response to that was like, no, the positive you get is that you've lost... Like it's a net positive gain. I agree, and as as the show progressed, I think one of the things that I that kept coming back was this is the best thing that could have happened for Dominic. So I think it is. <laughs> there are two levels of good that have come from Rey Mysterio going somewhere else. And I love the fact that it's JBL that got to do this as yeah. well, because JBL had that feud with with Rey. Yes, like his last big feud that he had. It's was very with it's Rey. very smart. It's very neat. Yeah. yeah. So he got to come out and be like Rey Mysterio has always been a coward. He's mm -hmm. always been rubbish in WWE, and he's once again run away from his better son Dominic Mysterio yeah and he has orchestrated this exchange between Raw and Smackdown which means that Baron Corbin is back he is Baron Corbin Baron again. Corbin no yeah. longer king no longer sad no longer happy no. Baron Corbin yeah but he is still he's still got the happy Corbin Titantron yeah and he has got the silly little hat yeah which I don't it was was uh, when you compare it to JBL's quite sizable hat, um, you know, maybe that's part of it. Well, I was like a small man's. Like he's, he's, he's like mini JBL. When he, when JBL thinks he's ready, he can have a bigger hat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I would like, hope so because mm. this, this hat has got to go. Well, it's, do you know what it is? It's that when Baron Corbin had, um, a, a, a when he when he was beginning back in NXT when he was that sort of faulty thing I thought there was always something a bit weird about Baron Corbin I could never put my finger on it was it his tummy kind of but he had that like, sort of like lank hair and he had a little look about him his, his jeans were very jeans his tights were very low like he just looked a bit different he looked a bit slender he looked a bit like and, I, and there was something about and I quite liked NXT Baron Corbin I was into it um, and then on the main roster through being GM, through all the rest of it, shaving his hair, giving him, making him wrestle like he was a waiter at Olive Garden. They love a little waistcoat. They must, they must have loads kicking about. It's, it's a real heel move. It really is. Because um, only heels wear waistcoats. Um, they, they, they sort of sucked. And then I think we, King Corbin, Happy Corbin were going for a little character element that was different. It just felt a joke. It felt like there was nothing. And there have been a lot of reports that he's looking to get, they're looking to give him his bite back. Right, they're looking to, to really... Lone wolf him again. Yeah, to re-energize Baron Corbin. Pairing him with JBL is a really interesting thing. But when he came out, 
his little baby face. He has a baby face. And I don't know what it was about this particular getup that made me think he was like in his early 20s again. Do you know, it was a, it was yeah. a weird look. I, I, I'll disagree with you slightly because I think he looks way older with his... He's got terrible gear. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. His, his when he came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his gear is, is quite awful. And, mm. I, and I don't think the hat helps much either. Yeah. But it is a... I think Baron Corbin is a terrific mid-card guy. Mm. In the same way that people think that I, I, I rag on The Miz when I say he's a really good mid-card heel. But I think like Baron Corbin for me, I, pairing him with JBL, I think is like a is a perfect little marriage because he's almost like a modern day JBL mm. in the sense of a superb mid-card heel that was accidentally elevated into the main event scene and it did not work. Mm. And when you realize that mistake, you're like, oh, okay, let's let's pay you back yeah. to the back to the mid-card. And that's that's exactly what happened with JBL. Well, something really interesting going around in my head um when this match was taking place, because not to not to spoil the show, but um, you know, the this was it led to a match with Dolph Ziggler. So during the match with Dolph Ziggler, what was going around in my head the whole time was I was remembering what what the reports say, what Cody Rhodes has said. Triple H told him, which is that everyone here has their place, has their part to play in the show, and it's important to know yours. And that the insinuation was that Cody was a good mid-carder and he would never be elevated, and Cody did not, you know, mm. take that nicely, did not sit well with that. And you got to respect that because you want to be the, the top guy. Um, but I do think there is something incredibly important about knowing what you bring to the show. Because 100%. when we look at early 2000s Raw, which we've been watching already, the 2000 run in general in WWE was incredible from start to finish i remember watching every single one of those pay-per-views varying match quality varying quality in general but i cared about every single one of them from the opening right to the end i wanted to see what these people were going to do too cool knew what too cool were there to do absolutely you know and i think that it's important to to have a when you, when you have five hours of programming two different shows three i'm not talking main shows i'm not including nxt here although we will get onto nxt because this was a really interesting show for nxt um it's important when you have three hours of Raw, when you have all of these different premium live events, to have a solid undercard, mid-card, and top card, top of the roster. So, you know, popping him in this slot with JBL, I'm very curious about it because JBL came out and reminded you why he was such an engaging screen presence. He's a very good heel pro. Oh my and God. Like, but And it's all base level stuff. Because oh! It, because he comes out and he's just like, you know, oh, I'm really sorry that I didn't get to do this in the better state of Texas. Oh my and then God. it's just, oh, your sports ball is cack. So good. Uh, we, here's the thing. we did better home runs and touchdowns than you did. And 35 nothing. Yeah. We did a Super Bowl. Like, and he says all <laughs> this like base level stuff. But it makes the crowd boo him a lot. And the thing was, it's it's heel promo 101. Like, it's, he's not doing anything new. He's not reinventing the wheel. But what makes him so fresh? And, and it had come... And after a previous promo segment that had got on my nerves a little bit, we'll get onto it. What made it so good was that he didn't waste a second of time. No, he didn't. He was just in. The hairdryer was on. He was going. It was like it was like these things came so naturally to him. Obviously, because apparently he's a big old jackass. <laughs> um, he's a bad man. Um, and it just it just felt like so natural. It rolled off his tongue. It was like, oh, you're so entertaining. You're really killing this. You're, I love this. Like even what he was saying about how. Dolph Ziggler wouldn't have made it in the Attitude Era. Really great for where he is, but wouldn't have made it in the Attitude Era. Like, he claims he steals the show. The only thing he's done is stole, steal money steal from... Steal 
money for 15 years. Love this. What a dream of a line. I also like this kind of character thing for JBL of like this judge, jury, and executioner mm. of you never would have made it in the Attitude Era. Mm. And like, he's like, Baron Corbin would have done. And then when he was on commentary during the match, he was like, oh, he would have made it in any era. You could have put him up against any of these guys and he would have made yeah. it. And, and what was it, what's kind of interesting about that, and you, you touched on it there, was that the, the sort of End point, definitely, definitively over era of the Attitude Era. We had we had Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression. 2004 was when JBL was in charge, was the top man. And he, he said, I carried this show in 2004. I was the top guy. But you're right. It didn't ever feel quite right. So it's kind of hollow. It's hollow him being judge during executioner. And that's mm -hmm. a really intriguing thing as well. That's a very heel move to be like, well, we can see through you. Yeah. You're full of it. But... You believe it, but he's got, so go with it. And he has got some facts behind him. Oh yeah, because him and Farouk have one of the highest rated segments in Raw history for a tag match that they have. Which was that one? I can't even remember. JBL touts about this all the time of being like, I have some of the highest ratings on Raw because like Raw was doing way bigger numbers than it yeah. will ever do now. So yeah. he can be this thing. Was like I was one of the biggest stars of the Attitude Era. And and he wasn't wrong because APA music will always get a massive pop. Of course. But then do the you Attitude Era. Me, JBL's current music. Oh, it is. I love oh, it's it. so good. Yeah. And it's just so, because it's so <laughs> irritating. And he comes out on this big. Well, he didn't this time, but he came. I, I loved his limo with his big horns. Mm. Like, <laughs> I liked when he showed up, and Kevin's like, "Who could this possibly be?" Honestly, <laughs> come on, Kevin. Kevin, pay attention. Um, I know you're new here, Kevin Patrick. Um, <laughs> you're not that new. Not, no, you've seen the show before, right? No, I thought it was. I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's a really. Is it? Is it confirmed that he's going to be around for a while? JBL, oh, is I he going to be yeah, here? I, think, so. I think he's going to. I didn't be know just... if this was just a reintroduction. No, no, no. I think this is the plan. Is I, based on that off, he was on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. He brought him into the limo. I think he is going to be his protege, and he's going to be like, you are the, you are our new JBL. And I did check his Wikipedia page, JBLs, because that you know that bastion of information. I wanted to know how old he was. He's only fifty five. Is he really fifty five? I thought he was considerably more than that. Well, I mean, we had, we found out this really shocking statistic on the AEW review. Right? Did you know that Billy Gunn is the oldest member of DX, and yet he is the he could pass for yeah. you know he's he, he's in shape he's older than sean michaels good. no sean michaels looks like my granddad yeah honestly he's 58 and sean's 57 that's hilarious because billy gun looks good incredible yeah yeah <laughs> wow well while i was on the wikipedia page it did say that he was the manager and i mean it's wikipedia you can't take that so i'm just curious if he is going to stick around i think it's really great because yeah. i think baron corbin in fact i think it'd be great for the entire roster to study jbl as a as a promo guy like he's really good on the mic mm. and i think that a lot of even big stars need a little tune-up personally very fascinating looking at the uh the the chat here uh people taking against my uh my comments that uh, jbl was not over as wwe champion but I also think that is more or less factually correct because we we lived through that period of time and he was not over as WWE champion. It's good. To, it's very easy to look back and see things and they they do a very good job WWE of reframing the past, right? Or if you were a, were a child of that time, you have got the nostalgia of he was the top. He was your champion, much in the same way that my I always talk about who, who when we talk about football teams, who was your big football team? My big football team, my Manchester United team was David Beckham, Paul Scholes, uh, Gary Neville, uh, Dwight York, Andy Cole. Like it's it's the team. Ryan Giggs on the left. Ryan Giggs exactly. Who do you think who, who was the world champion when I was a child watching wrestling? Uh, the Rock. Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, 
I was spoiled. If you're a child, you think of whoever was your big champion and it was before you really engaged in things and this this intense level that we all do in this community. Um, if JBL was your champion, you're going to have really fond memories of JBL being your champion. Mm. I think that's kind of fair because I do think JBL was an incredibly good promo guy. Very good. He, he unfortunately, I think in that era, didn't have the backup. Didn't have the... I mean, by that point, if I'm not wrong, um, Brock had gone. Brock's gone. Um... You know, gone. Austin's gone. Austin's gone. Rock's gone. They, they. It was a, a time for WWE when they had lost all of their top guys from the mm. previous generation, and they were now looking to the people that were still there to be like, who can we build this around? Yeah. And so, quite smartly, built Raw around Triple H, mm. and with SmackDown, I was like, well, let's use this to foster and give some opportunity to some new guys. Let's push Eddie Guerrero because he's doing and great I did in the like Hispanic. JBL Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, as, and a, we can, as a tandem, and we can move John Cena up the car because mm. that's our plan. We got Batista. We, we then go across to SmackDown. Mm. As well and jbl was a guy to be like let's jbl's here let's give him a go and i'll never forget uh wrestlemania 21 was my first wrestlemania live where i stayed up all night to watch it live and i'll never forget how much i was psyched and jumping around the house when john cena won that belt i really was it was so i think jbl was a good champion i just don't think he, of him as like this like draw top guy my so i i've told the story before on, on wrestle talk extra but these are the sort of things you wouldn't do. make my top 10 that's what i was trying to say yeah these are the sort of stories then anecdotes that sort of stick with you and perhaps a lot of my my jbl nostalgia is anecdotal based mm-hmm. i remember when i was watching a little bit of wrestling and some friends of mine who had stopped watching wrestling after the invasion said to me i was like oh who's the champion at the moment and i said oh it's bradshaw and they're like but the apa guy and they're like yeah it's like no way like they like to them, yeah. the idea that Bradshaw is champion mm. was a laughable suggestion. And yeah, even, and this is me doing that kind of revisionist history where I'm looking back nostalgically and, and giving it more credit than it had in the moment. But also, the ratings weren't good either. They, they weren't good, but it was a different time. And, 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 and all the pay-per-views where he was, uh, like the SmackDown buy rates were way, way lower. Yeah, they were. Than Raw ones and that, with him as champion. It's That said, it's not for lack of trying because the pivot from Bradshaw to John Bradshaw Layfield, I think was really good. I think it was smart to use him as that... Um, financial analyst element that he was i remember he had a when he said a long hair and the beard he had a book called like you need more money now or whatever and he was like i remember it, i remember I, I knew that that was in the back of my head and then obviously they had that quick run of the apa when he had his short blonde hair and it was like weird. super weird <laughs> and then there's that thing where they fire paul Heyman fired farouk mm-hmm. and and jbl was like oh, i've got kids and i need the job like blah, blah, blah. And then the next week he comes out and, and it's a whole new character it was a really interesting pivot and i i was 14 at the time so i, I still have that kind of element of just nostalgia but i do remember weekly being like i'm not as excited about this product as i was back then do i think that solely rests on jbl's shoulders no but i mean you know well jbl is it's um and we're going way off topic here we'll talk we about are. baron corbin versus uh dolph ziggler in just a second but like baron jbl is a bit um kevin nash in a way mm. in terms of like kevin nash was the champion during the company's worst time in 94 period. so like He's sort of like heralded as like, oh, you weren't the guy to carry this company. And actually the, the company's downturn was because of you. JBL's, like the downturn of, of SmackDown and JBL with JBL's champion is not really because JBL was champion. It's just that interest in wrestling was just yes. taking a nosedive because yeah. all of the stars from the previous generation were now gone and a lot of those people were turning off. Yeah, I was the only guy that I was really sort of sick or like casually tuning in. Really, yeah. I had stopped watching. Most All of my friends I'd stopped. stopped watching sort of early 2002 is when I stopped watching and didn't get back until 2005. Mm. I had a big three-year gap. But then right. I would, like, I'd watch Mania and that would be yeah. about it. Um, but anyway, so, but point, I, being, yeah, point being, while it didn't necessarily work, JBL as a character 
is really good. Mm. And I think he's really good in this slot. And I was I was thrilled to see him. I was thrilled by how engaged I was in what he was saying. And I think that he's a really good mouthpiece for Baron Corbin if they're going to use him week to week. That's it. And like, okay, so I am perhaps not the greatest JBL fan in the world. I'm certainly not the biggest Baron Corbin fan in the mm-hmm. world because I think the Baron Corbin is a guy that was often pushed beyond his means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as a huge NXT mark, I never quite got why Baron Corbin kept being pushed on. I mean, I got it because the gimmick was I'm not an indie wrestler. And I loved that. Like one of my favorite things he's ever done, and it still makes me laugh to this day, had a match with Apollo Crews on TakeOver and he knocks Apollo Crews out of the ring and he just shouts at him, go back to Ring of Honor. Mm. Apollo Crews never wrestled for Ring of Honor. But to the character Baron Corbin, that is what the indies is. Yeah. It's Ring of Honor. Mm. And so I, I loved that as a, as a little wrinkle to his character. But he was also the guy that when I had two-star matches when everyone else was doing five-star classics. I would consider, I, I was more of a casual NXT viewer. I watched every takeover. I was very, I, you know, I, was, I was reading what was going on, but I wasn't watching week to week. So whenever I did see Baron Corbin as a casual, I was perfectly engaged and entertained in what he was doing, mm. um, which is just kind of interesting. But... What I thought was really great about this segment here is that crowd were really into JBL, not massively into Baron Corbin. Mm. And then they had this match with Dolph Ziggler. And then, you know, you want to talk about a cold match. Mm. It's Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Like, huge 2016 flashbacks of the real dirge era of SmackDown and the and like when they first went into the brand split and it was like we don't really know how we're doing this brand split anymore. Mm. And it wasn't very good product, really. Um, and they had this match and it was okay and it was fine and it was going long and i was like right this match is really going but then it got into the final third and they started doing some pretty decent near falls mm-hmm. the crowd really came alive mm-hmm. and i would argue that the crowd were as into not as into this but like they were into two matches they were into this and they were into the main event mm-hmm. and i think that's a huge credit to this match then that in this final third they really did get this crowd into this match i think if you're trying to get baron corbin over you can do a lot worse than giving him jbl mm-hmm. and handing him Dolph Ziggler. Machine Dolph Ziggler, Absolutely. Who will sell like Billio for you. Yeah. And also is a very good wrestler. Great. I think he's great. And I, I completely agree. I, I found myself getting quite invested in this and I and I liked that the fans were popping. I thought giving him the clothesline and the fallaway slam was genius. so low lovely. And like JBL going crazy about that on commentary yeah. as well, being like, look at that fallaway slam, Michael, I love it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Really killing it. The killer the interplay with him and Corey Graves as well. Loved it. Yuck Kept yuck healing it up. Shamrock. Was so so good. It was yeah. really, really great. And then shouting at Kevin and, yeah. and things like that. I thought the two of them together together were really really nice it was a really good segment in uh a a raw that i thought was tonally a little bit up and down Mm -hmm. um and i and i kind of i'm 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 into this and it's a result of okay let's see that's exactly it isn't it like it was a I, I didn't come away from that segment being like that was terrible i didn't come away from being like oh my god that was amazing but i did come away from being like a Okay. It was a really solid foundation. Considering that, once you bring out Baron Corbin, my levels are just like, I mean, you've got to work pretty darn hard. Like, sit back, arms folded. I literally went and made breakfast because I was like, I was like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not asked about this match. It's Baron Goodness. Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. What like, you for breakfast? Uh, I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a pretty bad night's sleep, so uh-huh. I had a uh, sausage and hash brown pitta. Oh, I love that it energy. Was, I had three hash browns and two sausages. Very in nice. No beans. Uh, no beans. beans in it. No, but uh, my wife did come downstairs and she was like, did you have the oven on this morning? And I said, yeah. She's like, there's an energy crisis, right? <laughs> we, was like, we cannot afford for you to be putting the <laughs> oven on for one meal. I for disagree. One, for one person's meal. And I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. But she was like, 
but we had a bad night's sleep last night, so mm. I will allow this. When it's a meal of that standard, I, <laughs> I, I disagree. I think you can. Um, no, I, I yeah, I, it, it, it surprised me. I That's think it's it. a really solid foundation to build him from. I was uh, there, arms folded, but by the end of it, I was like, oh, do you know what? Fair play to yeah. you, Baron Corbin. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So let's see what you thought of this. And actually, because we have got uh, Modmother back with us today. Welcome ah, back, Modmother. Modmother. So wonderful to have you back. We did miss you so. Can we have a poll? Oh, I'd like to see this poll. Was JBL a good WWE champion? Oh, yes or no? I'm very intrigued by what oh, this is going to Very, very good. Looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, into the Ultra Chats we go. Get your thoughts, opinions, and feelings into wrestledog.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollars. Charles Berg kicks things off to say, Lashley looks like a stud. Dom's delivery of the line, I'm going to wipe the floor with you, 
in an hour was perfection. Speaking of perfection, while a person he, uh, while as a person he sucks, JBL is a top tier heel. He's there to be a jerk and get egg on his face. Exactly. Just got to wait for the egg to come though. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's this is it. Like he, he he's perfect in this role. He's I genuinely was watching him like, oh, this is the kind of heel. This is the kind of person on the mic that I love. He's doing such a good job of it behind the scenes and i couldn't help but be like oh my yeah, yeah. you you have certain banners and flags at home that i do not want to see <laughs> but if you leave them there and just deliver on the mic i'll be thrilled yeah as you as your bullying ways i, I do mm. not condone no uh kevin said curious about how you feel about jpl opening his segment with i apologize considering all we know about him to then turn it into a your town sucks promo promo itself was actually fun but WWE found a way to make Corbin's music even worse. I do think Corbin's music is uh, rubbish, um, especially because it came after JBL's music, and JBL's music is so great, lit, top tier. Um, yeah, it was I mean, great. It was a great, great heel promo. In fairness, though, like as soon as he started with "I apologize," I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to wait for." I don't. I have no idea what the uh, Oklahoma football team is, but I. I as think, soon as I think we're going to get some things said about them by JBL, and it will make the crowd do a boo. Did Jim Ross teach you nothing? Oh, well, I know what well, he, he says. Boomer sooner, but that means absolutely nothing to me. Fake fan. Uh, what's the next <laughs> one? <laughs> so this is a, a slightly exposed. I don't think everyone saw this episode of uh, the Blackpool Content Club we did recently. Uh-huh. You know, Jericho's calling himself the Ocho. Yep. My only knowledge of the word Ocho mm-hmm. is from Dodgeball, ESPN <laughs> Eight, the Ocho. <laughs> yeah. So I just said. It's some American thing I don't understand because I just assumed it was a sports thing. Right. And then Pete looked at me and said, it's eight in Spanish. Yeah, it's eight in Spanish, Luke. And I was like, oh, really? And I was like, oh, well, there's me. You, <laughs> between QR codes and the number eight in Spanish, we're really widening your horizons. Very much You're so. You're becoming a Renaissance man. I, I'm learning so much about the you'll world. You'll have nails on soon. Like, you're oh, I, could, I could never pull up also because I, I pick up my nails. Oh, yeah, that'll like, do my, Look at the state of those. There you go. I would have. Like, look oh. at this one in particular here. Look at that one. Lucian. It's awful, right? That's a shame. <laughs> I wish you'd never shown me. <laughs> Wait until I show you my toenails. No, I won't see them ever. <laughs> the mayor of Painsville, Dan, said, Can we talk about JBL calling out Rey Mysterio and trashing him? Is this 2009 again? I am getting old. Not as old as JBL got in the past five years, but still. This Raw felt like a little flashback with a lot of the 2000s guys on. It's weaving things into each other. It's it's the fact that this is a segment that harkens to SmackDown, that there's another storyline that JBL's referring to with, you know, Dominic is making everything make sense. It's continuity. It's, it's logic. There were places elsewhere in the show that I felt the logic fell apart a little bit. But, you know, it, I, I'm still in that, you know, give this new regime the benefit of the doubt that they're, they're a car was careening down a hill and they're sort of like trying to pull it back mm. and get it back on steady, steady path. And bit by bit, they're doing it. I, and I really liked him pointing to it. It made sense. Yeah. It made sense him calling out Ray Mysterio. All right, DR, looking back at the heat he got in 2004, I was there. We were always wanting to see JBL get destroyed by the SmackDown main event scene, but sadly, he would retain after his beatings for almost a year. Better build and rain than Jinder, right? Right? I mean... It's not hard. Not hard. Jinder Great Carly was a better champion. I was going to say, Jinder only got one clean win, which, yeah. funny enough, was over Baron Corbin. Well. And it was a match that went like 30 seconds. You were the trivia off the top of your head. Even technically, then, it wasn't a clean victory because John Cena distracted Baron Corbin when he's cashed in money in the bank. I've blocked a lot of Jinders right now. I won't <laughs> lie to you. Um, and I think that is part of the problem with JBL's run, uh, even when you sort of look back on it retrospectively, is that it got really tiresome really quickly. Mm. And 
yeah, I mean, I was, you know, the forums at the time, people were not into it. Fan reaction to it, it was not into, uh, into yeah. JBL at this point, right. or at that point. Let's get into the rest of your, let's get into the rest of the review of Raw. We'll get to your Ultra Chats uh, at the end of the show. Please do keep getting them in. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support because if you do get them in, do you know what happens? We read them out on air. They appear on the screen. They do. I've oh, seen yeah. that. They appear up on the screen with a little animation and stuff. So if you want your name on the screen, it's a way to do it. Yeah. So I loved the way this episode of Raw opened. Yeah. It opened halfway through a Bobby Lashley promo. So it really was like, you know, I watched this thing at 6 a.m. So you're like, whoa, and you sort of sit up and be like, man, what did I miss? Did I accidentally press fast forward? Am, mm-hmm. I, am I missing something here? But no, it's designed to be this way because mm-hmm. it makes you sort of sit up and pay attention. And he calls out Brock Lesnar, who comes out wearing a Slayer t-shirt. And instantly I was like, that's the best episode Call of Raw. Call me when he comes out wearing a Janet Jackson t-shirt. Like, best episode of Raw all year. Um, I mean, we've already got a poll going, so I can't uh, talk about this one either, but really want to get the, the feelers out there. If South of Heaven is the best Slayer album, which I think we're probably all in agreement in. I saw place. some people in the edited review say that Seasons in the Abyss is probably a better album, but I think South of Heaven is a much better album. And I think that Brock and Damien Priest probably had a wonderful conversation about that backstage. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I'd love to listen to some Slayer with you. <laughs> no, that's a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. That's I mean, top tier Patreon content. Like, I mean, <laughs> sorry, there are two jokes I cut from today's episode of Raw. Like, right. I, I wanted to, I'll, I'll get into one of them when we get to Dominic. Right. Uh, but the other one I was going to talk about was, oh, I was talking about my favorite Slayer album. Because really, it's between South of Heaven and God Hates Us All. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I was a bit. I didn't want to say God hates us all on an because I didn't want people coming after me. Right. Yeah. Fair. I feel safer here. I'm oh, yeah. A, I, I the feel, moment's gone. I feel like the Wrestle Talk podcast is a much safer space than the Wrestle Talk main channel in terms of feedback that I get from my Specifically thoughts. about Slayer albums. Just in general. Like if I, I think I went onto a Wrestle Talk video and said the, the album title God hates us all, yeah. I think I'd have a lot of anger. They'd go. They'd go. Not so. They'd go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they, these two then got into a brawl, probably because Bobby Lashley. Uh, disagrees with Lesnar's thoughts on Slayer's best Almost album. Almost certainly that's what it is, Luke. That's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, then they collided and they had quite the uh, the brawl around ringside. It's interesting because um, I like that level of intensity. I'm, all I want is pace. All I want is intensity. I talked about it a little bit with JBL, not letting a second pass. And I was here for it. Now, uh, I'm a little bit... Uh, I had my cynical hat on this morning when I woke <laughs> up. I'm not going to lie. I hadn't finished my cup of tea yet. So I was a little bit like, all right, go through the flipping barricade. I've seen that about 20,000 <laughs> times this week. Like, sure. That, at this point, don't you think they should reinforce specifically that corner of the barricade? No, I think they're making it weaker. Strowman does it every five minutes. Yeah, but I think we're getting to the point now where they're building it out of biscuits. This is this is the point. It's just it's, So it doesn't impress me. That does that, that don't, don't impress, impress me much. much. However, um, so I was like, yeah, fine. Then obviously, the everyone's a rocket down scientist. And, is it Brad Pitt? Um, <laughs> they come down. Oh, God. Steady. What's happening today? Um, they, they come down, they separate them, and I'm like, okay, yeah, what? Well, and he's going to come around for another go, and they go at the table. It was when Lashley lifts Lesnar up and smacks him down, and that table just falls apart. Speaking of biscuits, that I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is a sign of how much that barricade spot is is past it now. It's made an announce table come into the floor intrigue me again. Like I'm not, I've not felt this excited about an announce table maybe in twenty years, but I was. And then the fact that the fact that Lesnar was down and a little bit hurting 
Mm-hmm. I was like, hello, it ain't Vince's show no more. Oh man, when I was looking at that table and I looked at that break, I felt like Tom Carriage looking at a creme brulee. Your references this and, week are. And looking at that top being like, I hope this has got a good crack to it. <laughs> Getting the back of a spoon and giving it a good old tap and feel it and be like, that's a good break. There are other shows on the Great British menu, Luke. <laughs> well, I was going to I was going to use Great British Bake Off, but like, you know, I think I don't want to go to the, the base levels of things. No, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, no, I was into it. I was into it. Also, Pete Williams uh, was spotted at ringside breaking up the brawl. So 10 out of 10 episode, of course. <laughs> uh, anytime that Pete Williams is on this show and he's always there yeah. as part of the uh, the agents and stuff. Um, I thought it was great. Mm. Um, anyway, I this is the loudest the fans have been did for Bobby spot, in ages. Did you spot Cedric and... Um, Shelton, thank you. Pushing themselves to the front of the the, the geeks of the locker room to yeah. come out and break this fight out to be like, no, 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 we got history. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping for some hurt business stuff there, but we didn't quite get that. I liked it. Nice touch. Uh, shout out to WWE Raw. Mm-hmm. I think that they learned from their mistake last week. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were much clearer about Bray Wyatt's return on this show. Last week, they put up on the screen, as we showed on this yeah, very show, yeah. the return of Bray Wyatt tonight on Raw. And they were, I, I think, slightly misleading you with that. Think purposefully so. WWE could have used Grammarly, is what you're saying. <laughs> if only. If only, if, they only. Just, if only they would watch those YouTube adverts. You know, and not skip them. I'm, <laughs> Triple H is there skipping every available opportunity. Oh, he's got an ad blocker on. You know he's the, <laughs> you know he's the type. <laughs> he's got premium. <laughs> so this time they were like, Bray Wyatt's return on SmackDown, see in full on Raw tonight. You, but I have to say, when I watched SmackDown, did you spot that it said, the first time they showed it, it said the return it's of Bray Wyatt up, up next. next. And, and I, I had like, to wait the whole show. Like, <laughs> someone's getting you fired. cheeky bastard. Someone pressed the wrong button. Someone put up the wrong title. But even then I was sort of like, oh no, I pressed the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> oh no, I, pre- I pressed the up next graphic oh. instead. Oops. Um, oh but no. they did. No, what they, if people they... keep watching the show because of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fixed that this week in a big way and I respect them. I respect them for it as well. Uh, the OC made their return match to Raw, taking on Alpha Academy. A very standard tag match, but the perfect way to reintroduce the Good Brothers back to WWE. Uh, I really enjoy watching them wrestle. Thumbs up from me. And I, I, I stand Chad Gable now and forever. I will, however, need him to have a win soon. I'm starting to get a little... It's personally, I'm like... He's too good to be a jobber. Dan, you said to me the other week, he doesn't need the wins. I, I agreed with myself then. <laughs> and I'm now starting to think, can I uh, can I have him have a story of his own? I think he's that good. I think he's so good. Someone someone in the comments last week was comparing him to uh, early Kurt Angle. And I completely agree. But the thing about early Kurt Angle was that he had... He won. He won a lot. And I he won all that, the time. That was his gimmick. And you can you can be stupid. You can pour the milk. You can be funny. You can, you can be a, a bit of a joke. But you, you win, and when they what was the he did a German suplex? No, no, he did a Northern Lights suplex um, on on Carl Anderson. Now it was so beautiful, it was so pristine. He's so good that I would like he can eat losses and still be talented and still be entertaining, and I still want to see him. But I want him to have something. I want him to really sink his teeth into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Judgment Day, the best thing on Raw, came out to cut a promo. Uh, I like Balor sort of burying this idea, being like, oh, look at you, so original, too sweet. Oh, yeah, is that what I, invent- I invented this club. Yeah. Lest we forget, this, mm. this whole thing was my idea in the first place. And they laid down a challenge for Crown Jewel. With and he, he, made a re- he made a gesture to when his, he said Jewel. To his knob. And... <laughs> AJ accepted, but they wanted to do it right there, right now. Unless you need to ask your 
Mum for permission. Whoa. Again with the sort of they're so lame. Oh yeah. The oh. judgment day. But it's really working but now. But they're the best thing on it's Raw, Dan. I can't so well. I cannot stress this enough. They're the best thing on Raw. They really are. And it's moments like this that make me think they're the best thing on Raw. Because Finn's about to speak. But Dominic, Subadic Mysterio yeah. is the man who is just like, no, I will speak because he <laughs> he insulted my father. Yeah. And I he insulted my daddy, and I'm going to step up and and talk some smack. But he only really said the things that Rhea was saying. Yeah. And it was just so great. He he couldn't really form his own words. And like Rhea accepts the match for him and says, he's going to wipe the floor with you. And he looked terrified. And he looked terrified. But then he said, yeah, I'm going to wipe the floor with you in, in about, about an hour. Because it's like, it's like, why do we go now? Oh, because I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I, that's, a, again, great heel tactics. Yeah. I think Dominic is really starting to come into his own. I, I think he's tremendous. Yeah. This was the other line I cut from, I think. Someone even said to me, I, I look forward to your This Week He's Dressed As. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't have it in this one because, again, I didn't I couldn't be asked with the comments coming after me. What did he? What I, I wrote it this week dressed like, like a stand-up comedian that would definitely use the term woke as a negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but anyway, uh, they're going to have a match later on tonight. Uh, we've got a recap of Seth Rollins winning the US title. And then Rollins came out for a promo. And I was like... This is ready? the promo that got on my nose. Spoiler alert. Okay. And I, and I was thought... And I did think to myself... What's the point of this promo? Because we've got him in the main event later on. Do we really need two Seth Rollins entrances? Mm -hmm. I guess like it's if you've got Roman Reigns on SmackDown as a writer, you know you've already killed ten minutes of TV time. Particularly if you then book a carrying cross match, like there's, walk out. There's, there's twenty minutes of I've gone. I don't yeah. have to write and fill time there. And I was like, maybe the, you know a good a good long Seth Rollins entrance is a good mm -hmm. way to kill time, get some ad reads in. But the reason he came out to cut this promo is because Mustafa Ali interrupted. Mm -hmm. And came out and he said, look, Bobby promised me that I would get another shot at the US title, but he's not the champion anymore. You are. But while that has changed, my title shot has not. So I'm demanding my title shot against you. Can I, uh, point of contention, did he promise him a title shot? Didn't he have the title shot? <laughs> yeah, he did. But I'm in my head canon. They had a private conversation about it backstage. Well, it didn't happen on screen. It didn't happen. That got on my nerves. <laughs> What also got on my nerves was that Rollins, this promo, again, once again, we have a Rollins promo where he comes out and says nothing. And it was a lot of, ah, and, it, and it's like, it's, uh, this is, he's doing his job, I will say, because it made me hate him. Um, I just found it irritating and I found it lame. And then when you get, I think, I believe it was the very next segment when we had JBL mm -hmm. or JBL's limo arriving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, when you have that promo and the JBL promo, I'm like, there, JBL doesn't waste a second of airtime. Rollins wastes a whole bunch and it's irritating. It's it's working and making me hate him and making me want to see him get slapped in the face. So he's probably doing a job there. It's just really I'm starting to get bored of seeing Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins come out, do some cackling, not say anything, and then go away. It's getting on my nerves. The only reason I, I give this a segment a bit of a pass on that is because we talked last week about the Lashley Ali match and how it didn't really achieve its end goal of getting Ali over. Right. Like they were trying to do the Moxley Wheelie Uta thing and it and mm. it didn't work. And I think that's because we pointed out like Lashley wasn't really doing a lot of the, the big sells that he needs to do yeah. to build to the big near falls and make the crowd believe that Ali could get the win here. But this segment was fascinating to me because Ali comes out. Very little reaction. It was actually a shocking amount of reaction, a shockingly little amount of reaction mm. to the point where he was getting Rollins. Crowd were adoring everything he said, hanging on every word. Ali was getting the what treatments. When he wasn't getting abject silence, he was getting the what treatment from the crowds. 
And when Rollins beat him up, and it was a great like beating him out of nowhere, mm-hmm. the crowd are singing Rollins' song. There's so much more into Rollins. That is the one thing that I did like with Rollins is he, is he, he the beat up came out. Like, yeah. he, he sucker punched him. He really, like, yeah. But when Ali got up and took him out, it got a reaction from the crowd because like he, that get up and fire at, like attitude for him. And although he got knocked down again, yeah. that got Rollins booed and it got Ali cheered. So the segment really worked instead because then when ali sorry when ali runs down later on at the end of the show he got a really good reaction mm. from the cowardly heel uh rollins that was a really good 180 so i think that this segment did a much better job in getting ali over and making him feel like this underdog challenger than the whole bobby lashley match did a couple of weeks ago mm. i i think they've got a issue with the crowd mike someone in the production truck isn't getting the mix right because at various points in the show, the mix felt weird in terms of crowd noise. And I wonder whether or not if they had a better... There's a lot of dis- disparate crowd reaction stuff that we're noticing going on. And I'm wondering whether or not they've just figured that out. Or, or like not, not know what they're doing with a production truck. I feel like... This segment kind of felt like a nothing segment to me. I was already a bit annoyed at the promo. Then I was confused because you had your title match you lost it and it was like a good effort but but you're not entitled to another title match because you lost your title opportunity and we didn't see that on camera unless i'm wrong um and then it's probably on raw talk not all <laughs> doesn't count show, yeah. show it to me they show me everything else it was on the bump <laughs> the bump um and then but then uh, he, he sort of just got beaten up and roughed up and then gone away which is which is what then made the, the run-in at the end more effective, I think, as a 180. It was a bait and switch. It was like, oh, he's just been jobbed out here. And then it showed a bit of fire, a bit of intensity. I'm a fan of Mustafa Ali. Love I him. think he's a great performer. Superb. He's great on the mic. He's got a great story. It's great uh, great in-ring, great on the mic. Giving him something to do, giving him a little bite, giving me something that's not Seth Rollins and Riddle, I'm entertained by. I just want to see more of it. I want to see it develop. And and this segment didn't, didn't do it for me. Um... I mean, lastly, on this segment, um, Seth Rollins is from Iowa. Do you have any thoughts on Definitely Slipknot's um, new album? Uh, I have precisely zero thoughts on Slipknot's new album. That's a shame. Janet might be doing another tour, though. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say it was more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, Seth Rollins' promo. More of the same. <laughs> like Slipknot's re- most recent album. More of the same. More of the same. Yeah. Seth, more of the same Rollins. But not quite as good as the previous album. Anyway, um, Damage Control then took on Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair. Pfft, crowd were pretty quiet for the actual wrestling portion of this. Uh, Belair distracted herself by brawling with Bailey and Damage Control won. I actually thought this was a really good showing from uh, Candice. Yeah, it is. It's just like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to care because I think that this storyline has fallen off the boil, mm-hmm. and I think it has fallen off the boil week upon week upon week since they they returned at SummerSlam. Mm. And like, if this was uh, the my GM mode, this feud would be on cooldown and it would not be getting decent reactions. Right, and you would be getting one and a half star ratings. Yeah, and and I, that's kind of how I I feel about this. And they've got a match next week. They announced later on it's going to be Bailey versus Belair in a non-title match. That which, made me go why exactly? Again, which, why? which like like Bailey will probably win, and then that will set up the third match for them at Crown Jewel, and probably Belair will win there. And it's just like well. Well, I don't really see what the point was to continue this feud beyond. I actually would have much preferred Bailey going into a feud with Candice LeRae mm-hmm. and Candice LeRae feuding with Damage Control, and then Bianca Belair moving on to someone else. It's it's the moving on to someone else part that I. I mean, yeah. really for me, this is all pointing to War Games because later on we did have a promo where they were like, "Where's Alexa Bliss? Where's Asuka? We took them out." Um, just we just need an extra until the person. End of to... November, Dan. I and I'm not in sport of it but it is this thing but i think you can still push to wargames by having bailey go off with candace by having um 
damage control will go on a bit of a tear in the tag team scene elsewhere. Belek and then, then feuds with Alexa, and then they've got to be on the same team going into war games. Mm -hmm. Curious, interesting. I do. I, I did think this with Candice. We have. We were sort of. She she arrived on the show as fans who engage with wrestling on this level. We know who Candice Lerae is. Your casual viewer doesn't really know who she is. She's just a poison pixie. Is that if you're if you're tuning in quickly, if you're just looking through the channels, oh, that's Alexa Bliss. Like there's a possibility. <laughs> it's a tiny woman with. Sort yeah, of, I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're with not that wrong. Same, with that same look. Not wrong. Um, but this was a really great opportunity for us to see Candice in the ring. For us to have a, it was a really good. I loved her tangling with EO, especially. Uh, I thought it was a really good showing from Dakota as well. I thought they've been a bit sloppy for a little while, and as a team, I thought they did quite well. I liked, I liked the match. I then was just mad confused as to why we had a match with Bailey. It just, it's, it's like how we can't do. You're exactly right with the Mighty Gym thing. It's a really great example of. Thank you, you just keep giving us the same thing over and over again. Okay, I don't. Why? Why, why am I going to tune in next week? Well, like, to I, a match I've seen twice. I kind of got this with this SmackDown this Friday because this SmackDown is Damage Control defending their tag titles against Raquel and Shotzi. Mm -hmm. And my first question is, but why? You just beat them on SmackDown last week. Yeah, it's it, it's it's the it's the logic part of it. I give praise for logic elsewhere in terms of the trade with Ray and Baron, and I take points away for Ali, Bailey, Raquel and Shotzi. If you lose, even if it's a good showing. You don't earn a title shot like that makes no sense to me yeah so because bailey when like the week after extreme rules just you know knocked her out stood tall with the title and was just like i'm the number one contender again i had and a, that lot... Was like, a lot of her commentary here was like i'm going for the title again. yeah i had a lot of patience with with the, the damage control storyline uh and, and and i had a lot of for me there was a lot of avenues where i could go and you can see them bringing alexa into their side to try and give alexa her bite back over time it, it it's just sort of stalled if i can use a car an automobile reference the, the car was in first gear and now it's stalled and i'm like okay i don't think it's unsalvageable in nope, any way shape or not form. at all i am really into the idea of a war games match i'm actually quite into the idea of a you know we, we actually had a we had a do you remember nikki sh had something a little while ago yeah. again we're seeing the same characters over and over again the same matches over and over again you've got the roster and you were you were planting seeds of storylines could we do something they've got two live events in november I if I, I I'm just spitballing ideas here. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Nikki until perhaps next year, because mm. at the end of this year, Eric Young's deals up with Impact. Oh, sneaky! So look at uh, you with your eye on the long. That game. that's just me. Like when I saw the news, that I was like, oh, yeah, Eric Young's uh, done with Impact by the end of the year. I was like, huh. I suppose you know Nikki's now done with the superhero thing. Probably pick up the call to Damo as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see. Know. I do see that. It's just that in, in here and now, this this storyline has stalled. What can oh, we yeah. do with it? Yeah. Do you know who I miss? Dewdrop. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Riddle was interviewed by Kathy Kelly, and then <sighs> Ooh. I love Kathy Kelly. Oh man! I just want to take a second to thrill that Kathy Kelly is back. Uh, on my old NXT reviews, we used to I used to refer to her as I gave her my own nickname of the Angel Kathy yeah. Kelly. Kathy Kelly is on my list. <laughs> That sounds like a really creepy way to put it. My Ross's laminated list from Prayer. <laughs> it's Emma Watson, yeah, and then Kathy Kelly four times. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. She is so yeah. thrilled to see Kathy Kelly back. She is delightful. Not used to her full extent in, in this, I would say. Uh, but Ali walked up, and then you know Riddle had a bit of a pep talk with him, and then uh, turns around to Miz. I like this sort of interconnectivity. It sort of weaves three different things together. And the Miz had a hurt knee because he slipped while fall uh, while looking for Dexter Loomis. So there's no way he can possibly compete tonight. Mm. Did you see? 
Um, I got a little bit. Hang on, I, I've jumped ahead. I've jumped ahead. Carry on. Uh, Cora Jade from NXT walked up to Rhea Ripley because she wants to have her represented in the pick up uh, poison match, and Ripley accepted. So tonight on NXT, it's Rhea Ripley versus Roxanne Perez mm-hmm. and Cora Jade versus Raquel Gonzalez. Later on, Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Um, got the Good Brothers mm-hmm. to uh, have. Are you just going to commit to calling the Good? They're not the OC. Sorry, yeah, the OC. Yeah, to uh, get in the OC. So it's going to be. Because I know you hate the OC as a name. I was like, you're you're on a one man crusade. To I just I'm, I need to get out of the routine of calling them Good Brothers. They're calling them the Good Brothers on the show. That well, that's it. They said they're a pair of Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. So like, but they are called the OC. Yeah. So I just need to get. I need to stop calling him Dot Gallows. Yeah. Like I need to get back yes. into calling him Luke, Luke Gallows. Gallows again. It's just it's reprogramming the old noggin. It usually takes thirty days. Mm-hmm. I've learned in therapy. And um, so we were talking about so the. You know, we've got this. So we've got quite a lot of main roster stars. You know, there's four we just mentioned there. Sonya Deville is also going to be on the show as well against Alba Fire. And Brian Alvarez said on Wrestling Observer Radio today that WWE are determined to beat AEW tonight in the ratings. Uh, Not to be a shill, because I haven't yet received my monthly payment from WWE for being a shill. I don't watch NXT on the regular. I just sort of keep in, I watch the websites and watch the Mm -hmm. reviews and see what's going on. I'm tuning in tonight. I want to see this. I think that's very they've done they've done a very good job. If what they're trying to do they is have so many ads on this show for for NXT and they've stacked it and they have stacked it and their commentators were really putting it as well. They are but also like and I'm I'm going to put over Triple H here. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, because this is next level carny genius. Yeah, because what he has done is he has stacked the NXT show tonight, but not with top level stars. Mm. Because now he's in a win-win situation. If AEW, if WWE win, can we beat AEW, who've got Moxley versus Hangman Page for the title, yeah. with some of our mid-card talent on our developmental show, or, or no, what they'll say is on our third brand. Yes, yeah. But if NXT doesn't win, which likely they won't, it's because it's because well, you know, they beat our third develop our developmental brand. Good for them. With you know, with with, with their title match. With, with their, their biggest, title match, yeah. yeah. You know, and we didn't have we didn't have put any of our top stars in the card. Yeah. So who did they who did they really beat? Like it is to rem- it's yeah. next level thinking. It's 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 four D chess. It is to, to to move it away from directly competing against AEW though. If you were just if this was just a regular Tuesday, and it was like you know you wanted to pop a rating, it had a take takeovers this Saturday, right? The the Halloween Havoc. I thought Halloween Havoc was the show that's on tonight. There was a later promo that said it's on Saturday. Am I mad? Because because this is why we have Picky Poison tonight. Right, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to WWE.com. Come on, chat. Come through. Shows. I'm pretty sure that tonight is NXT because Saturday is Halloween Havoc, and that's why we have the Picky Poison match. Oh right, yeah, the, I'm the with you. Yeah. Sorry, it's only because they put so many like well, main roster stars here. I was like, that's I'm, where I got confused for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. And then if but if we separate it away from from the AEW competition, and this was just a regular go-home show, what we had on sat on, on SmackDown on Friday, we're now way away from the Raw review, but what we had on SmackDown was a really good showing from Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez. Roxy. I was really impressed with her. Loved it, great. Um, and now you're giving me a lot of reasons to go and watch NXT ahead of the, the, if you're trying to get numbers on Peacock, you know, these are the stars of tomorrow. This has been really, this it's a like, good it, build. But it's also, it's, the base level of just interconnectivity between the two, featuring your NXT stars on the main roster. It's what we've been saying since yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah. And I've ripped apart a little bit. The, the, the This is what I mean by the show was up and down. The tone mm. of the show, the, the logic of the show was up and down because while we had an up with the JBL Mysterio stuff, we had a down with um, 
The Rollins promo. The Rollins promo. We had an up with the, the interconnected, the reason we've got a trade, the little details, all of this stuff. The little detail here where Cora Jade comes up and she's like, Rhea, I'm picking you. And she points out, you used to be best friends and tag team partners, kind of like me and Raquel. Little details. Yeah, little details. You, you said Raquel with Roxanne. What, was Rhea and Raquel? Rhea and Raquel were, they were former tag partners. That's what so. I mean. Yes. Rhea was like, oh, you two were like that. Oh, I see. Like yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I got your pronouns mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Little deep pronouns, pal. Little details. Little details. Liked it very much. Yeah. Uh, backstage, the Miz was with a doctor and he wouldn't allow him to touch his knee because it was so sore. So uh, you could see it was really sore. Oh, like, it was so sore. It was so sore. And, and Byron Saxton, the big dork that he has walked Perfect up. Perfect role for Byron Saxton. Thank yeah. God they put him there. And he's just like, you need some, some staff said that uh, they saw you pouring water on the floor. They then saw you put the, the wet uh, floor sign down. Slander. They then saw you fake falling over. And it was like this sort of like level upon level upon level of stupidity. And, and Mrs. is like, I would never do that. I would stupid things to do. And then all of a sudden off screen, you heard Johnny Gargano shout, oh my God, it's Dexter Loomis. And Miz jumps up out of his sight and lands perfectly on his knee. Miraculous. Miraculous. And Byron Sachs is like, oh, I guess you are ready to compete now. And Miz just sort of stone faced like, I do recover quicker than most WWE superstars. <laughs> Love it. Love was it. very good. Hated it. Hated the first bit of this joke. Loved that <laughs> part of this so, joke. It was really funny. This was great. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, AJ and Dominic Mysterio had their match where they did confirm the crown jewel match, which causes quite a bit of trouble because Carl uh, Anderson was supposed to be wrestling for New Japan. On the same day? On the same day. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the same day. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the deal was that they were going to be fine. They were going to inter. inter yeah, it's, well, yeah. let's keep an eye on that. Yeah. Or is it if, and if it's not the same day, it's basically he cannot do both shows. It's 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 physically impossible to do both shows. Goodness. But as a few people did point out on Twitter, Carl Anderson wouldn't do both shows if they were in the same building. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, this was it was a totally fine match but I did like its finish um, but it was distraction and interference but it was the only one of the evening mm -hmm. uh, and by Rhea Ripley and Dominic pinned AJ Styles yeah. and they really did put this over as that's a huge upset yeah. on Raw was the biggest upset we've seen in years AJ Styles was just pinned by the rookie Dominic Mysterio puts over Dominic with the Judgment Day the best thing on Raw mm -hmm. And it furthers the storyline that we've got, which has only been building for, you know, a handful of weeks. But, and this is crucial when I talk about the Dexter Loomis Miz storyline, every week it has moved along. Yeah, this was... It has added a new wrinkle every single week. This is what someone might call a bit of long-term storytelling. It's not that long, so it's only a handful of weeks, but it's still... Every week, the story has progressed yeah. this next page forward. And I, that, like I said right at the beginning of the show, I think that moving Ray over to SmackDown has freed Dominic up from that. The storyline was only going to go one way. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to try and hold that off for a little bit longer, we this is, this is what we needed. You know, it was it, it frees Dominic up from those those shackles to be able to come into his own a little bit more. I still think he has work to do. I mean, if I I don't want to hate his gear. Oh, it's awful. If you're going to do it, make it a one piece so it doesn't shift over to the side. Not to go <laughs> anywhere near to sort of like body shaming territory, but I think he could do with getting into a little bit of shape. I don't know how, what his gym regime is like, but... Um, Probably bigger than mine. 100% bigger than mine. I'm sat there like eating popcorn at 11 in the morning <laughs> going like, it could probably go in the gym a little bit. Add three hash browns and a pizza. Three sugars into my tea, all of that <laughs> stuff. So I'm, I'm very much pot kettle here. But, with, um, with your wobby pop. <laughs> it makes the... Sh this, is a, this is a black cold brew. It's, I, I, I'm not bitter in some places. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's... There are little bits that he could do to make himself seem less like the gormless fool that he has been. I watched a, a um 
uh, compilation of Rey Mysterio title wins. And I remember he won a championship a couple of years ago when Dominic was like fresh and he was backstage with his glasses and he was like, <laughs> and I was like, and also at the beginning of that was when he won his first cruiserweight title and Dominic was in the crowd as a kid. So it was kind of amazing to look at that little trajectory and think of Dominic now. I think if you look at what Dominic was when he made his, had his first match to where he is now, he's progressing. He's progressing. I think if you look at Dominic now compared to Dominic, but three, four months ago, he's clearly so much better. coming into his own. More of this, giving more opportunities like this. Keep going. Um, then we got some more Miz and Dexter. Basically, we got all the Dexter Luma stuff here. So we go from a big up, yep, yeah, right back down to a down. So Miz was warming up backstage. And Johnny Gargano walks up to him and says, I just want you to tell the truth. Mm. And Miz says, well, once I'm done with Dexter, I've got a score to settle with you. And then Dexter Dumas made his entrance for the match, but Miz attacked him with some super soft chair shots. Did you see Mick Foley tweeted, could have been a bit harder with those chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Gerald Briscoe would have been like, could have been a bit harder with those tires, <laughs> Mr. McMahon. Uh, and he laid him out with some really soft touch chair shots, like real like tinks heard around the world, awful business. And they called the match off and it was so lame. Mm. But also when I saw that there was only 25 minutes left of the show, I thought, well, these two aren't having a match. And, yeah. and, and they didn't. And, I said in my review, it feels like they're dragging their feet because they don't really know where the storyline is going. It's not on MSGM territory. But at the same time, Gargano did say to Miz, like, if you don't come clean, I'm going to blow the whistle on all of this. So, like, there's... there's and maybe I am just clinging on to something here. But I feel like next week this story is going to be done. It's the same with me. <laughs> I really, really I, relate. I like, against all, like, logic, I'm like... Next week is going to be the big angle. Mm, they, like as much as his little joke about recovering really quickly and having like a super supercharged DNA or whatever the line was popped me when he comes out and bashes. And I was like, why has Dexter Lumis got music? He doesn't work for the company. Yeah. Like I mean, yes, it's still it's in an archive somewhere. Just whip out the old hard drive from NXT 2021 or whatever. But um, I was like, logic, little details, come on. And then the, the chair shots. I was like, great, more of the same. And then when Johnny's like, you know, I know there's something, there's a storyline, tell the truth, blah, blah, blah. Finally, finally, we've been given a nugget that there is an idea that there is something going on here, that Dexter has a motivation. Yes, exactly. Finally. It's like a little nugget of something yeah. in there. And it's it's so, there was a comment on the, the Russell Talk uh, news video that kind of like just drove me insane a little bit, which was having a pop at me for not liking long-term storytelling. This and doesn't it, feel like long-term storytelling. I just storytelling. want to grab them by the lapels being like, and I've said this many times on the show, there is a difference between long-term storytelling and a story that takes a long time to tell. Exactly. And this That's is a story that is just taking a long time to tell and it's not moving forward. And they're like, every week it progresses. And I'm like, where is this story progressing? This story has done this and now it's done this. Yeah, slight little uptick. You want long-term storytelling, you have it in the bloodline. You have it in the Judgment Day. That is long-term storytelling. Those are long-term storytelling. If you want to flip it over, there's, there's taking a real-life uh, situation and, and you know twisting it to your advantage on AEW with MJF. There's a lot of stuff like that. Long-term storytelling is all over the place, I feel. Here is a story that has been, we don't know what we're doing with this until now. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool yeah. me twice, so, well, which, you can't get fooled again. What's that line George Bush said? I love it, it's that. Um, but yeah, at this point, you're going to have to move with this now. Yeah. Because you've, you've promised me a nugget and yeah, more fool me, I'm I'm still there. I thought the storyline was going to end two weeks ago and yet we're like still waiting for it to actually make that next step. And like I, 
I used to troll Pete and Tempest on the SmackDown review with the Naomi and Sonya Deville storyline, which never progressed. And yeah. it just went on for like eight months, but didn't actually move anywhere. And then it, and then it just ended. Mm. But I used to joke with them. We were like, yeah, it's long-term storytelling, lads. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is this was the reason that we've got this storyline. I know. Yeah, I maybe, have you to blame for this. Maybe it is me. My run on the Raw review is being like <laughs> dictated by Dexter Loomis. <laughs> I'm not thrilled about it anymore. <laughs> um, hey, Elias is back. And essentially hey. said in his promo... Yeah, Ezekiel's not coming back. That storyline was stupid and we're not doing it anymore. Uh, you're dead now, of course. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's <laughs> Basically. Dead. I mean, I know I died because yeah. I had a grave, yeah. but I'm back now. and We're just doing my character instead. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Um, I love Elias. I always was. I always got quite a kick out of Elias. I think, hello, I am Elias. Makes me smile every single time. Uh, walk with Elias. Made Silence your cell phones, hold your applause. Love it. Love this stuff. Yeah. Great heel. Again, again, great character for the mid card yes absolutely a great and like because he's now like in this US title picture mm -hmm. and that is a, like a really good slot for mm -hmm. him he's not going anywhere higher Seth Rollins is a guy that can go up and he can go back down yep. to that mid card and will feel right in both places and elevate the mid card yeah exactly yeah and I think Riddle is another one of those guys but Elias yeah it's a great mid card act great and I love him for that and uh Bait and Matt Riddle came down they did some comedy then Seth Rollins came out Elias was a baby face here Yes. And I think we're going to gear it for a heel turn with him down the line because we, the main event of this show was Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle for the US title. Very, very good match. It basically went straight into fifth gear and it, it just remained there. Yep. Played a lot of the fight pit match with Rollins trying to escape the triangle chokehold yep. a lot, which I really, really liked. And the tenacity of Riddle to try and keep it in. Every, you know, I'm going to powerbomb you, I'm going to buckle bomb you, I'm going to stick with it. Exactly. And then trying to find out ways of getting out of this match. He kept going to Elias to yep. be like, hit, hit me, attack hit me, me, yeah, attack yeah. me, attack me, because he's trying to get DQ'd yep. in the match. And in the end, he does knock over Elias, runs back into the ring. Uh, Riddle runs wild, hits the, nearly goes to hit the RKO bro. But Elias gets in the ring. Him and Matt Riddle clonk heads. That leads into a stomp. Rollins picks up the win, and then he stomps Elias for good measure. But very much on commentary, we're saying, Elias cost Matt Riddle the mm. US title there. Yeah. Well, I, if I can whinge again for a second. Please I'm do. I'm very because, aware well, this please, episode has been me whinging. Please do, because I'm about to praise this segment. Well, okay, this is the up and down thing. Uh, Matt Riddle coming out with his bloody bongos. <laughs> this got on my nerves to the point where I was pacing my, my living did room. You not so, in, no. Did you not enjoy? No. Do you want to hit my bong? No. I did not enjoy Did You Want to Hit My Bomb? Because I, I, I thought it was quite I funny. thought that was that was low-hanging fruit. Matt Riddle. You it's know Matt Riddle! I don't know. No, it's Matt Riddle. But like they had they had the segment when, when Rollins and, and Riddle were having a, a scrap. And he's like, fight pit, fight pit. And the intensity was so, was so strong. It's Matt Riddle. He's a cage fire. You can have a little bit of comedy here and there. You can have a little bit of lightness. But he was just a buffoon. He sits on the floor and he's patting his little bongos. He's like playing the child. Piano. He's playing the bongos like it's a piano. He's, no. he's mimicking a liar. But why is he mimicking? Why is he a child? Why is he Eugene? He's a stoner. He's Eugene. He's Michelangelo. No. No, 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 no. He is Mikey. He is the worst of the turtles. Yeah, well, I, I, Actually, that's not fair. He's the third. <laughs> he's the third best of the turtles. Leonardo's the worst of the turtles. We all know that. He's the third yeah. best of the turtles. I made me cross. It made me cross, and I wanted. I wanted Matt Riddle. I want. I, I'm not always a sort of sour puss who doesn't like comedy. I'm not someone who doesn't believe there's a, there's a role for stupidity and a role for silliness. I just think that. This the silliness. Uh, Kurt Angle, Chad Gable. These are. This is what I'm talking about. There, there's role. There's, you can pour milk down yourself. You can be a bit silly. You can have a tiny hat, Jimmy Crack corn. All of that stuff. This wasn't funny. This was a 
this was a man child and it's i don't know it didn't work for me it didn't vibe with me it made it makes it harder for me to buy into matt riddle as a as a as a viable threat to see him go into i don't know it it just doesn't work for me i'm sorry made me cross uh i'm going to wish to do another poll of uh, who is the best turtle because we've got four options available so uh it's a mod mother can we have a oh poll please <laughs> We find out who is the best. Who is the best turtle? I'm never going to feel bad for derailing the pod ever again. <laughs> My full Alan Partridge mode here. Who is the best turtle? Um, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael. Can I make a prediction, please? Raph, Don, Mikey, Leo. Right. That's my that's my prediction. It may go Raph, Mikey, Don, Leo, but that is wrong. This is a poll exclusively for you. This is for an audience of one. <laughs> I mean, as we all know, it's it's Don, Raph, that's Mikey, Leo. Leo. As we all know all that. All of us know. Because all of us have played Turtles in time, so we all know that Donnie is the best choice. Also, he's, he's just the best turtle. That's that's stone-cold fact. Uh, sure. So, there you go. I have about as much of an opinion on this as I do on Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, that, that poll will go in a minute. But anyway, like, so what I liked about this is that afterwards, Ali came down and he ran off Riddle, uh, Seth Rollins rather. So Seth Rollins uh, hightails it into the crowd and this and the other stuff. And I really like this because we've now got, get this, a United States Championship that has a storyline. It has a feud. Not only that, it has four active players in this picture now that are fractured into two separate storylines of Rollins and Ali and Riddle and Elias. Yeah. You could do a fatal four-way off the back of that. You can exchange the four of those rounds in different matches. Suddenly, for the first time in the Trips era, the US title has a point and it has a purpose. And for a brand that does not have a top men's title, they have needed this. I agree. I agree. I agree. Why was he coming out playing bongos? It undercuts everything. It makes it look stupid. It makes it look frivolous. It re you can't tell me that this is a serious thing that someone cares about. If his his warm up for his championship main event match is I'm gonna come out with a I'm just dude I'm gonna go source some bongos. No, <laughs> stop it. But then he got to say do, do that in the opening my... segment. But then he got to say do you want to hit my bong? Oh ha. <laughs> no, no, there's times for comedy and this isn't it. <laughs> it made me so cross. So cross. Well, I, I quite liked it. Good for you. <laughs> I'll buy you a pair of bongos for Christmas. And plus I got to do my perfect Alan Partridge. Who is the best <laughs> lord of the rings of the dance or of the flies? Um, You give me, for if, if we're going to do a fatal four way, mm -hmm. assign a turtle to each of these people. Oh, oh, obviously. Okay, so... Uh, Just trying to speak your language. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's fine. So, uh, Riddle is Michelangelo. Right. I think that Rollins is Raph. Mm -hmm. I think that Ali is Leo, which makes Elias Donatello, I guess? Because Mikey is the, the fun-loving stoner. Mm -hmm. Raph is the brooding one. Mm -hmm. um, then... Leo is the one that stands up for like truth and honor and justice. And that's, mm. that's Donatello. And then that sort of leaves, oh, sorry, Leonardo rather. And Donatello, he's the guy that does machines. And I suppose you could say that the instruments. A keyboard is a machine. Is a keyboard is a machine. I think if you were to watch, um, uh, what was that Stephen King movie? Uh, Maximum Overdrive. Which I haven't. Which is where, like, because of the orbit, or the orbit of the moon, machines come alive and they start to kill humans. Right. Uh, I think that in Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive, in which he said that he did a whole lot of cocaine, he doesn't actually remember making it. <laughs> Great. That uh, the keyboard would try and kill someone. So yes, I think that Donatello does machines, therefore Elias is Donatello. Okay. Well, I like your logic. Thank you. I appreciate mate. it.
Anyway, uh, let's get into the rest of... Oh, no, we've got to do our um, Patreon shoutouts. Do apologize. Uh, this has been quite the show. We've gone massively over time, but I will be doing... Uh, we'll be getting to your old chats in just a second. It's also, a it is a three-hour show, but I am going to do some Patreon shoutouts right now. And also, hey, once this episode is finished... I'm going to direct you to go over to the Wrestle Talk channel. Now, I know what you're thinking, but I've already watched your Raw review, Luke. Oh. But wait, there's more. Ollie Davis and I did a Wrestle Talk react today talking about Dave Meltzer's shoot promo that he cut on Tony Khan mm. and basically having a discussion and a bit of a debate about AEW's lack of transparency mm. that com has come around the CM Punk elite storyline, which is what Dave is kind of upset to Tony Khan about. Mm. We have a bit of a debate about whether or not AEW do need to explain themselves mm. or give some clarity or give some transparency to the audience. I I will be watching. I'm very I'm very I have a lot of feelings about this and I want to see how you guys. So yes, so that is live right now. So please do go over and check that out while I wait for this area of Discord to load. Um also going up tomorrow on the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, WrestleTalk After Dark with Hello. an all-star lineup of myself Abby, here comes the pain, social media manager, Tempest, and Rosie Nichols. Rosie! Lovely Rosie. So it's going to be a grand old time. We're going to be recording that in about 10 minutes or so. Um, but if you want to get your name read out on this show, back is at the $25 level, and you'll get your name read out like these fine folks. The number one villain, Nikolai Martinhausen. Peter Fiber brand to us. Uh, probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swaff Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Reese Cook, what the rock is smelling. <laughs> Daylight robbery, Rob James. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. Rue the day, Ruari O'Brien Kelly. The man with the scoops, Sean. Here's why, Simon Dorner. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. And that is your Hall of Fame class for October the 18th, 2022. Thank you all so much for your support on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. Next week, Ollie Davis and I will be reviewing TNA Bound for Glory 2005. It's going to be a great time. And also, uh, thank you to everyone if you are one of our audio listeners, because we celebrated our fifth anniversary of WrestleTalk Extra uh, oh, recently. Wow. We loaded into the free feed of the podcast my, uh, me and Adam from a couple of years ago reviewing WCPW Built to Destroy, which was WCPW's first, <laughs> first show they, they did. Is that the one where he got put through the... It's not the Rampage Brown one, though, but it's the precursor to that because right. it's Adam representing Rampage Brown yes. versus uh, Big Demo with Jack the Jobber in his corner yeah. with the big heel turn and everything yeah. and, crucially, Adam blowing his spot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly believe he would do such a thing. So we go into detail about that. Adam talks a lot about the, the What Culture days yeah. and about the origins of WCPW, how matches and things came together like that. It's a really fascinating episode and I really, really enjoyed doing it. Um, so you get, it's available in the free feed right now. Over to your ultra chats, restalk.com forward slash support. Frankenfoot has said, JBL is a legend now because of great promo work. Now he's actually retired when he quit and all the YouTube list obsessing over the blue meanie. Also, variety is the spice of life. So Dan, try some Slayer. Luke, try some Pokemon. It's okay now. The seven years don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will listen to a Slayer song. 
And also, let's not. I mean, I know that they're okay on it now, but let's not downplay what JBL did do to the Blue Meanie. Yeah, Corbin, yeah, it's from Tails P. Corbin looks like the Bashams fused together into one of Orlando Jordan's outfits. <laughs> it's basically, it's JBL's cabinet rolled into one. Uh, totally bought Seth uh, lost because of R. Lee. Why, what did Liz do to Loomis? Not a lot. Um, I had the same friend conversation. No, no, Luke. no, he means storyline-wise. What did oh right? What okay. did Miz do to Loomis? What we're gonna find Lo- out. What did Loomis do to Miz? What did Loomis, uh, at, uh, at his birthday party when they were brothers? Uh, I had the same friend conversation, Luke, but they only knew Rocky Maivia. Um, oh, we interesting. I've got the poll results here. Was JBL a good W champion? No, forty-four percent. Was yes. Was fifty-five percent. Roast into glasses, my friend. Maybe it is, or maybe. I'm wrong. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe. Hector Rodriguez, who's been a member for 10 months in a row, said, so are we getting a fatal four-way for the US title at Crown Jewel, or am I overanalyzing the situation from last night? Also, morning, everyone, from New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, it's, it's Crown Jewel drink, or the, were they going to... They, can they hold it off? Uh, we get a singles. In, in a couple of weeks. So. But I'm thinking, could we have a singles and then a fatal four-way at Survivor Series? I could see them doing the fatal four-way at Crown Jewel. Interesting. Okay. Sky Shadowrun said, Hey, lads, I hope you're both doing well. I had a lot of fun watching Raw from start to finish. Sure, the episode could have been missed, but I'm glad I did it. Just wanted to add that it's been lovely to see Dan on the show these past couple of months. Thanks, mate. The Mayor of Painsville, Dan, says, Hello, other Dan <laughs> and Luke. Hope you're doing well. Dexter Loomis did not get his match. Yeah. I am fuming. I mean, this was a pay-per-view main event caliber match, of course. It's the first time I watched a full Raw in ages, and all I got was Ziggler versus Corbin. Which was worth it in the end. It was in the end. Uh, also, big thank you to Dan for the email that you sent me recently, which was very, very touching and very lovely. Oh. Right, DR. Hey, yo. JBL said Dolph Ziggler would not have survived in the Attitude Era. X-Pac believes otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention to Crash Holly. Hey, hey, hey now. Person. Let's not be besmirching the name of Crash Holly here. I, Crash Holly was an MVP in the A 100p yeah. he was, particularly in that two, in that 2000 period. Yeah. That, uh, that January yeah. through to about sort of May, June, July. Perfect. Mm. Little there, Roy Jetson. I imagine a parallel universe version of Baron Corbin is in Seth Rollins' heel spot and Seth is a top baby face. Ooh, I don't think that exists. Sky Shadow Run said, I wanted to ask how you both felt about the women's division under Triple H. To me, the matches are fun, but the division feel feels a bit lacking. Not numbers-wise, but storyline-wise. I know things take time to change, but it is slightly disappointing. I actually kind of agree with that. I, I'm still on the side of not... I, I think, I think storyline-wise, I see them trying a lot of stuff. I think Liv's, baby face, sorry, Liv's title run has been shocking. Um, and I think, but I think there are elements there when we have, you know, runner, uh, undecided, the jury's out. Yeah. Uh, right, DR. Random question time. Gallows and Anderson need to talk more. They are a fantastic duo. Dominic's hair seems to be getting worse, especially <laughs> after a few minutes of sweat. Agreed on that from. I really hate that Gable is the gateway win to other storylines. Love you guys, by the way. Really I love you, right? Love DR. you too. I want more Gable. Um, right. Dominic's hair with a bit of sweat is not as bad as bit, uh, uh, Carrying Crosses, which but it's is a little the bit Terry Taylor. Worst. <laughs> a little bit rooster, isn't it? Well, no, like because carrying crosses is Sullivan Bo Brown. I love that. So what we have is what we need is a, a carrying crosses as Kip Sabian for me and <laughs> Sullivan. I need them together. Uh, FIFA Connor sixteen said, "I'm sorry, Dan, but you are wrong. Riddle with the bongos was class and amazing, one hundred percent." I've never been told I'm wrong before, and I shan't be listening. That was <laughs> essentially, essentially was someone sending you the one hundred emoji. Yeah, I no, I list, look. <laughs> Something for everyone, it, but this was not for me in an aggressive way. But you know, it's now two for one, so fine. 
Uh, Nick Corvello said, hey guys, hope you're well. To be honest, I'm only ultra chatting to say that these are my last ultra chats as a Californian. So I'm making the long drive from the Bay Area hometown to Central Florida. Whoa. Not any places that were hit by Hurricane That's Ian. a full diagonal across the country. That's right. I'm trading avocado toast for the signature foods of Florida and renouncing my California citizenship. And just so you know, instead of listening to music, I'm catching up on my massive backlog of the rest of the podcast episodes. So thank you for providing the entertainment of choice during my long drive since I didn't have time for all of the episodes that edge around my long hours with my current job. Can't wait for the day that I didn't need to be up so friggin' early to catch you guys live. Thank you, Nick. Hope the drive goes well. Nice and smooth. Yes, I really hope it does, because that is quite the journey that you are going on. Um, We've got this one from uh, Anonymous that says, um, did you see the comments on your Malachi Wrestling Media podcast? There were dozens of them noting how you're doing the very thing that Malachi Black... uh, uh, chastised wrestling media for regularly speculating long time fan but you can do better I d- oh yes we did read through those comments there was a lot of people who didn't like our take on that because a lot of people read it as we were uh, just defending wrestling media which that's not quite what I don't think that was our intent when we did the episode we just wanted to have a conversation about what wrestling media is and how there is a responsible way of doing wrestling media and I think that people like Sean and maybe to a lesser degree Dave I think do do responsible Mm. journalism and that's what we wanted to have the conversation about I don't think I personally I mean I haven't gone back and rewatched the episode but I don't think we went into any speculation we in fact I, I actively avoided talking about Malachi Black's mental well-being because it's not our place to talk about. So I, I'm really sorry like if, if that did come across that way because I, I really don't want it to come across that way. Um, but it was an episode that we really were quite proud of and we actually thought was we did a, a really good and balanced job of doing so. But the comments didn't quite reflect that. So I think that's probably on us more than it is anything else. Mm. Um, can we have, can I have the moderators check on Dylan Mathis' chat? Because it said, oh, it's just become a member. Do apologize, thought I had a chat. So welcome, Dylan. Do the members. And Eric Metzlov said, hey, guys, Raw is feeling so much better these days. Really excited to see what else Triple H has in store. Keeping my fingers crossed for the neat Tegan Knox return. Hashtag Tegan all belts. Also, Donatello is the only right answer to who the best turtle is. Tegan Knox is a good answer for who the fourth person is with damage control. Yeah. If you want to do a War Games. Although Dakota did... Um, pop a little uh, nugget, a little seedling, a little sprinkle in with the suggestion that Alpha Fire join them mm. um, at some point in the future. So, yeah. Well, here we go. We now know, we've got the results in, who is the best turtle? Michelangelo with 28% tied with Raphael with also 28%. Donatello with a very disappointed 21% while Leonardo got nearly as much with 20% of the vote. I'm actually massively disappointed by you lot. Well, I think we Honestly. can all agree that certainly was a poll. I am huge. Like all of you need to have a word with yourselves. <laughs> Take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and really have a word with yourselves. If you want to make a change. <clears throat> what, the lyrics to matter? <laughs> I really went in blind just then. <laughs> If you want to make the world a better, a better place, place, take a, a look, look at yourself, yourself and, and make, make, that change. Ch- make that change. Make, make that, that change. change. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite Janet Jackson movie. Oh, if it's, come um, on. Scream. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was a Janet Jackson song. <laughs> no, I was like, all right, I'm going to fight you. Yeah, Scream is a great one. It's Scream, a plummet line. It's a great track. Mine is uh, That's the Way Love Goes. Yeah. But also, like, have, oh, go and play through Tells and Time as Michelangelo or Raphael so far. That gets you. Donatello's got the reach, lads. Anyway, come on. <laughs> 
that is all we've got time for on this edition of the WrestleTalk podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, please do press the subscribe button, leave a comment down below, press that thumbs up button if you've made it to this far in the show. We are back, not on Thursday, but tomorrow, tomorrow with the AEW Dynamite review because it's on Tuesday night. So myself and Ollie Davis will be here tomorrow live at the usual times reviewing AEW Dynamite. Mm. Uh, and then the Blackpool Content Club will be up on Friday as per usual with Pete as well. That is all we've got time for on this edition. I have been Luke Owen. D-A-D. That has been the Professor Dan Layton. That. That has been the Professor. You're dehumanizing me. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.